Hello and welcome to Prince Track by Track. I am your host Darren and today we're going to be talking about Let's Pretend We're Married from 1999. Recorded on the 30th of March 1982 at Sunset Sound and released on the 27th of October 1982. Um, it is Prince by himself on this track. It is 7 minutes and 20. Um, although there was a single edit uh, which was 3 minutes 40 which had Irresistible Bitch as a B-side. Uh, I'll be talking about that in a few months time. <laughs> The 12-inch was released on the 16th of November, 1983, and the 7-inch was released on the 23rd of November, 1983. It did not very well. (laughs) As a single, it peaked at number 52 on the Billboard charts. Uh, It did a little better on the Billboard dance um, and the Billboard black charts, but still not very, very well. Really, this was kind of like the end of... Um, you know, the singles that were coming off 1999. Uh, right. We'd already had 1999, Little Red Corvette, Delirious, Automatic. This was the final single before, you know, Prince's big crossover. His next single was When Does Cry. That is, that is what we're on the precipice of here. We're just literally about to get Prince's, you know, um, string of number ones, basically. Um, so rejoining me today to talk about this song is Elliot Wallace. Hello, Elliot. Hey, hey, hey. It's going good. To me, this kind of in terms of like a genre, I don't know about you, but I feel I mean it's easy to say it's just like a pop song, because that what it kind of feels like, but obviously it did well on the dance chart, so it is kind of like more of a dance song, I would say. I, I think this is kind of getting around the era the era of Prince where every album he was putting out kind of had a core sound or a core theme, and he would kind of build things off that. So when you say it sounds like a pop song, I definitely agree that 1999 was an overall kind of pop album. I would look at uh, Purple Rain as his rock, hard rock album, oh, yeah. Sign of the Times as his R&B album, um, uh, Around the World uh, in 80 Days. Around the uh, world in a day, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and in a day, yeah, it's kind of psychedelic album, yeah. Um, but I, I definitely would agree it's a pop song. I, I still, I, I kind of hem and haw and waver on whether or not it's pop and funk or pop and just dance. So those aren't two separate. But I would definitely put it as like a pop song with dance and funk elements. Uh, would you say Parade is his jazz album? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, Love Sexy, is that his gospel album? Yes. Yeah. And Batman is yes. just cash in. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's the rest of the 80s covered then. Um, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about this song then, because considering how kind of like pop and upbeat it is, uh, I feel like the lyrics are kind of, at times, kind of like fun and playful. Uh, but also, you know, there's kind of a little bit of a, a story being told. Once again, Prince is is kind of outlining what's just happened to him. And he's talking mm. to uh, someone who he refers to as Little Darling. It, it, it reminds me actually of a bit of Head. It kind of reminds me of, it seems like the story is just meeting a woman on the streets just to kind of, you know, sleep with them. Yeah. And even though it's a tale as old as time for Prince, it still <laughs> really works. That's kind of how the story I see it as. It Maybe not necessarily a continuation of Head, but like it, it feels very similar to that kind of story. I mean, Head actually is a twist because it turns out it's a groom talking about his bride. Right. Um, but, you know, in this, yeah, 
prints kind of towards the end. And it's very rare that I, I decide to put the explicit tag on these episodes. But we will have to get explicit as we talk about what Prince uh, outlines as his goal at the end of the song. Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, but to start off with, he's talking about, you know... Um, actually, I mean, the start of it is is still a little bit kind of like... You know, where he's saying, excuse me, but I need a mouth like yours mm. uh, to help me forget the girl that just walked out my door. Um, and and so, you know, not quite as explicit as you'll get later in the song, but it's obvious what he wants to do here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I like as well that he kind of outlines it as um, if you're free for a couple of hours and if you ain't busy for the next seven years. Next seven years. Yeah, which is such a great kind of refrain. Um, but yeah, yeah. And to me, that that kind of is um, a kind of a bleak reference to like a seven year itch. Almost like mm. if Prince was to get together with this this woman, obviously the title is "Let's Pretend We're Married." So if yeah. he's to pretend that he's a he's in a, in a, in a you know in a marriage with this woman, he's almost saying, "Look, in seven years, I'd probably get bored of this." So you know, <laughs> let's let's put a kind of deadline on it, and you know, or you know, let's just do this for a few hours. You know, like that's the kind of choice being offered here is to either. Um, be someone who spends a few hours with Prince. And this is notable that in some of his earlier songs, he kind of almost hinted that his his sexual prowess was a little disappointing and things went a little <laughs> too quick. So here he's saying couple of hours. So obviously he's making it clear that this is going to be, you know, a sexual experience that will take a few hours. Um, or, you know, if you want to keep going, let's just pretend we're married and, and do this for seven years. Well, for, for me, was, I, I guess it didn't occur to me right now, the seven-year itch, I didn't even think of it that way i just kind of look at i, I looked at it as just a, kind of a cool prince line but i didn't <laughs> think of it as, as explicitly as as the seven year age I, I guess I'm, I'm not too familiar with that that phrase itself but from like i didn't even think about like what it really meant in that song to really be married for like a longer period of time or as yeah. opposed to like just playing the fantasy for a couple of hours yeah you know Compared to like, let's pretend we are married for a longer time. I didn't even think of it that way. I just thought it was just his kind of way of flirting. So it like it didn't hit me as kind of like uh, like something a little bit more con like it, I don't want to say concrete, but like more of a real thing. Yeah. When I, when I looked at that lyric, and of course I like that he says, "Let's pretend we're married and go all night." <laughs> yeah, that that was the thing. That's the thing that kind of gets me a little bit more. Yeah, and that's the way I kind of think of the song a little bit more. If it's kind of go all night, let's let's get wild tonight. That's the way. That's that's what kind of that's what really made more sense to me as opposed to him timing things out. Like let's just like it, do it all night as yeah. uh, we did before. <laughs> um, so yeah. that's kind of how I, I took it. I, I never really thought of it as I, I I think it's just kind of being in the moment for for Prince or the Prince in the in that song. Yeah. As opposed, you know, as opposed to who he really is. It's just being in the moment. Let's just have fun. Well, it's also interesting, of course, you know, because, you know, obviously he tells her there ain't nothing wrong if it feels all right, which, you know, I I, I, obviously have a really great kind of come online. And of course, in saying I won't stop until the morning light, which I, I, Mm. of course, you know, um, as we get this chorus coming back, he kind of ends up kind of like screaming the morning light part. Uh, which is oh, just yeah. a, a great kind of, but I, I think it's interesting as well that you know um, the verses in this are kind of relatively short, and there's only like you know maybe three, and the chorus is the one that's you know this whole you know what we're talking about right now is the chorus, and you know the whole yeah. let's, let's pretend we're married and go all night tonight, 
you know, Prince obviously they're putting a deadline on this and being like, look, yeah. um, <laughs> let's not, let's not, ha- I'm not talking about doing this in a few weeks time. Let's not make any plans. Let's just, let's just get on with this right now. Um, right. And we get, you know, um, this kind of weird little refrain, which is, uh, Ui sha sha kuku yeah. All the hippies sing together. All the hippies together. Sing together. Yeah. So, and I don't know what that's, I don't know what that's about, but Prince just kind of like throws that in there just before we kind of go back to the, the, the kind of the verse. But it's, you know, it's a, it's a kind of just a, a fun little kind of almost meaningless thing. Um, and, you know, Prince outlining in the second kind of verse, um, mm. you know, excuse me, but I need your chemistry. Don't you want to be my fantasy? <laughs> and, uh, you know, once again, this is a time where Prince is really kind of firing on all cylinders when it comes to kind of like the, the rhymes and, and the lyrics. And I, I like as well when he, he talks, he keeps saying, my, my girl's gone and she don't care at all. And if she did, so what? Come on, baby, let's. But, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it's, I, I'm trying hard not to sing it right now. I'm yeah. looking at the lyrics, but it's just, I don't know why, it, it, I don't know what it is. Like, I mean, this was kind of the end of the singles from 1999. This was not played a lot on the radio for many reasons, but yeah. it wasn't played on the radio. So I only really knew this when I had when I bought the album and kind of knowing about the controversy around this song. And first time hearing it, it, it didn't seem like it was too much of a big deal. But now it's it's kind of one of those deep cuts I really like from the record. And it there's I, I think that goes back to the pop. Uh, the pop appeal of it that it is so, that it's so the, the the hook is so catchy that you kind of and the rest of the song then kind of gets into you where you want to sing along with it that yeah. line all the hippies sing together i i don't know prince's relations with like the hippie movement or i mean he was a little too young for it when it was happening so i don't know why that line really is there. <laughs> I always, I've maybe when I was younger hearing it, I think he just kind of, I, I guess it's kind of related to free love. If you think about it. Um, I think the title is quite interesting because, you know, Prince is saying to this person, you know, rather than just having kind of like a one night stand or it being casual sex, he's like, let's pretend we're a married couple almost mm-hmm. as if to kind of like allow this other person to not feel guilty about this? I mean, that's how I always read it. I don't know if that's what you think. I always kind of took it more as kind of a, a kink kind of thing or like uh, his more, like a more intense kind of, uh, which is kind of, I guess, weird for how we think of marriage, but an intense kind of sexual thing as opposed to a, a thing about even guilt. Like, let's pretend we're married and let's just kind of get crazy. Like, let's have um, an, a crazy kind of marriage and monogamous relationship like that coming out of an idea of like free like i guess free love or just the kind of kink he he was exposed to or like read about or kind of the sexual or like certain kind of sexual things i always kind of took it as more as just more intense as opposed to it being a, a kind of an issue about guilt or worrying that's how yeah. i just kind of took it I mean, I could also just be kind of like, um, you know, kind of referring to let's pretend we're married as in let's pretend we just got married as in uh, this is our honeymoon and this is this is where our honeymoon is going to be. Absolutely. Sex from now until the morning light, Uh, (laughs) which is still it's a great, a great phrase as well, I think, you know. Yeah. In fact, in fact, I think that that was more so how I I kind of looked at it. It's like it's our, you know, it's our wedding night. 
above yeah. anything else. We get the kind of return of the ooey shasha cuckoo, yeah, all the hippies sing together, kind of a yeah. few times. And, you know, Prince once again saying, you know, my girl's gone and she don't care at all. Um, and if she did. And then, of course, he uses this kind of like talking voice where he's saying, so what? Come on, baby, let's ball. Um, mm. Now, we haven't really discussed the music. And I think, you know, um, for this era of Prince, it is very kind of like synth heavy. A lot of synths. Yeah. A lot of, um, you know, drum machine going on. You know, a really great kind of like um, when it starts up, because it does take a little while before we get any lyrics. Um, yeah. That kind of like the, the the um, I don't know how to describe it, but like the little hook, uh, the kind of like high hook that kind of plays where it's it's the... Uh, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That the, kind, of kind of goes throughout the whole kind of song, really. Yeah, the the riff in a way, yeah. I guess, like a synth riff, and it kind of just it gradually kind of like builds before Prince actually comes in with any lyrics, with the yeah. kind of with that riff and with the drums and I think there's kind of like a another synth too that's playing something like a yes a, yeah yeah like a counter to that as well, which is uh, I I really like I listening to it again uh, this morning it was or you know, listening to it it was really distinct and just listening to how the music builds before even getting to the lyrics and before getting into his singing. Yeah. Like it's fun to kind of repro- reprogram the drum machine for that too. And seeing how it sounds really difficult, but once you actually put it down, it's pretty easy. It's dun, 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 and, yeah. and it's pretty fast, but at the same time, it's also very simple and very easy. And there's always kind of a kick in under and getting a Prince song down in some way, shape or form, whether it's like chords or whether it's like a drum machine it's it's always kind of fun to get that done. Now we get to the <laughs> um, the part where the the synths kind of um, almost kind of cry with Prince, if if oh. I can phrase it like that. Where Prince says, "I want to fuck you so bad it hurts," and then he goes, yeah. "It hurts, it hurts." And as he's saying it hurts, the synth kind of mimics what he's saying. Um, and then of course you know he get he put actually kind of. Very rare that Prince does this, but he has this kind of like um, the effects on his vocals where as he repeats the lines, I want to, I want to, it kind of starts to like echo and mm. almost like there's a little bit of a, like a really heavy reverb on it. Um, mm. And, you know, obviously, you know, he just keeps repeating, I want to fuck you, <laughs> which, you know, um, kind of lays it out there as to exactly what the song's about, I feel. And then, of course, he comes with, <laughs> with what is possibly one of my favorite lines from a Prince song, which is like, look here, Marsha. I'm not saying this to be nasty. I sincerely want to fuck the taste fuck out of your the mouth. Taste out of your mouth. <laughs> and then, that's a fun. That's just. I mean, that takes so much skill to say that. Just to say that now, but like he sells that, and he's not he saying it just that. to be nasty either. That's the thing. Of course. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like as well that he calls her Marsha, which is uh, almost kind of calls to like the you know Marsha Brady, like the, oh, you know wow. like. That to me that seems to be like where the reference that like if you're if you're in like 1981 1982 I think that's the kind of most famous Marsha at that particular time. I was trying to yeah I was just trying to think of what Marsha he was talking about or if it was just kind of another girl like in the real world he was writing the song for I didn't even think of Marsha Brady that that would even <laughs> come to my mind it's just I just well, kind of like like I mean can you relate that's the that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like the the reason the part of the reason why I know this song was like VH1 had a, a show in the I guess in the early aughts which it's, it's kind of like a newsy magazine show which kind of chronicled 
why certain things are happening in the music industry or what's behind them. And one of them was about censorship and the PMRC and how we kind of got the um, parental advisory stickers uh, on our uh, on CDs for a while. And now we have uh, our little E explicit on our podcast. Yes. But uh, the reason why I knew it was the, the one of the people who I get like this, I think it was, I want to say it was in the Midwest, but someone this this father bought in 1999 and he was really like he got he, like when he heard that line it was like okay i need to call somebody about this <laughs> and that kind of snowballed into other things so that was like oh i i kind of do need to hear this because if that can cause that it might be something <laughs> and and then i remember initially hearing it and just kind of being like okay it's kind of a song that's very long and you know that's that line, whatever. But then listening to it more and kind of taking where he is with it or where he where he took it and how confident he was in saying that it's yeah. always just kind of fun to to hear it, you know, and, and he's so confident in saying it. <laughs> of course, he he brings back the kind of the, the second line of the song, which is my girl's gone and she don't care at all. But mm. then he, he kind of flips it and goes, and if she did. I wouldn't care. Let's ball. Yeah. And of course, once again, in his kind of like talking voice and, you know, because it's Prince and he, for some reason, he then ends the song in a completely different. He just goes into a complete left turn and he has this kind of like multi voice chant where it's princes yeah. upon princes saying <laughs> kind of uh, kind of almost talk singing. Um, you know, one wouldn't want to say he invented rap with this verse here, but uh... well, well, I mean, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like in in the seventies, like in the seventies, there were, Curtis Mayfield comes to mind. Where at the beginning of one of his songs, I think it's No Things on Me, where he's just kind of you know talking. If you look yeah. at the lyric books, it's just called rapping. So I, I don't think rap calling yeah. it rapping. You know, it's, I, it's I guess just... it is kind of like a little rap to finish where yeah. he says, uh, "Whatever you heard about me is true. I changed the rules and I do what I want to do." I'm in love with God because he's the only way, <laughs> which after we've just had, you know, sincerely fuck the taste out of your mouth. That's a really odd kind of direction to take. And he goes, because you and I know we got to die someday. But I would argue that God gave Prince the ability to fuck taste out of mouth. So I don't think that's too <laughs> yeah. much. Uh, I think that's why he's praising God that way. God yeah. gave all of us that ability to <laughs> fuck the taste out of everyone's mouth. So if I don't we want think, it, like, but we're not yeah, Prince, if so you we just can't. To. Consent's important, everyone. And of course, he says, if you think I'm crazy, you're probably right, but I'm going to have fun every motherfucking night. night. And then, of course, he goes, if you like to fight, you're a double drag fool. And then, but at this point, there's no music behind him, and he just goes, I'm going to another life. How about you? And it's just Mm -hmm. such a kind of odd spiritual kind of interjection at the end of this song, which starts out, you know, with Prince kind of just propositioning this girl to to say, let's let's have sex all night. And then kind of ends in this point where Prince is like, everyone's going to die. So, you know, we've got to have fun. Uh, and of course, Prince once again calling people a drag, uh, which is something that kind of in his early 80s albums, he's done this a few times in songs now where he refers mm. to people who don't agree with him as a drag. I mean, it kind of is uh, a reflection of 1999, like the title track and just, hey, we're at the end of the world. We're almost going to die. Everyone has a bomb. Let's just have fun. I think that kind of follow uh, that, you know, that kind of follows. You can see a line there if, if yeah. you were able to kind of see that. So I don't think it's too far out. You know, I, I think when I first heard it, it sounded very weird. But knowing more about how he feel, how he you know feels about sex, and knowing more how he feels about God and how they intertwine in their ways, 
Yeah. You know, I, I don't think it's too complicated. It's not like, R, it's not, I was going to say R. Kelly, which is like not the best person <laughs> to bring up right now. No, no. Even though, uh, yeah. But it's not like Marvin Gaye who had like real struggles with that. I think Prince was able to come to, come to terms with that a little easier. Now, it's worth mentioning, just out of kind of like as a, a notice of, um, you know, some trivia here. Uh, this is the first track that was engineered by uh, Peggy McCreary. I haven't really mm. talked about the engineers for Prince um, because, uh, you know, at most they were people who pressed record and then walked out of the room while Prince did the whole song by himself, you know. Mm. Um, but she, you know, she was credited as Peggy Mac on the album and stuff. And she was kind of one of the people who helped Prince experiment a bit more in the studio and kind of expanded the way that he was able to use um, you know, what happened in the studio. Uh, because up until this point, a lot of his stuff had just been kind of like um, layering and kind of like bouncing tracks and just kind of adding more stuff on top of each other. Um, his production was still really good, but obviously, right. you know, with Dirty Mind, he went for a very kind of like back-to-basics kind of underproduced sound. And then with Controversy, he had roughly the same sound, but with just a bit more production. And yeah. 1999 is the first album where we really start to hear kind of like the in-album experimentation. And that is something that's indicated by the fact that we have B-sides. You know, Prince finally has kind of like the budget and the time to spend time on tracks that aren't going to be on the album. Right. Um, and so that kind of leads to him doing more kind of experimentation. And in this song, you know, there's not much of it, but the kind of like, you know, the the kind of mul- that, that ending with the multi-tracked voices um, you know, obviously the the kind of the effects on the I wanna I wanna you know that that kind of stuff is just the kind of first indication of Prince kind of being really comfortable in the studio. And obviously mm. Peg, Peggy McCreary, uh, one of the many women, because um, later on we had Susan Rogers who was one of his engineers. You know, one of the many women who kind of helped Prince in the studio. Uh, and I think it's interesting that it is you know like a a woman that is doing the engineering on this album and basically all the way through to Parade. Um, you know, oh, she's, yeah. she's kind of there with him for the next kind of four years. And, um, you know, um, I'm going to say five out of five. I feel I feel like that's, you know, uh, I feel it's kind of obvious that it's a five out of five, you know. Um, it, it was a song that grew on me. Um, yeah, five out of five. It's definitely a song that grew on me. And kind of like a lot of things uh, with 1999 outside of like the first three singles. And even Delirious, that wasn't a song I was too familiar with until uh getting that album but uh, like those first couple songs it was like they they grow on you yeah so definitely five out of five there is a video for this which features uh the revolution um yeah i the, saw a little bit of that it's the final time that des dickerson is in a video with prince Oh. Um, it was never it was never kind of commercially released because you know the single didn't really chart that well so um, even though this is the point at which kind of, you know, 1984, this is the point which, uh, 1983, should I say, this is the point which MTV is starting to form. Um, and Prince had done singles for, you know, like 1999 and and um, and the rest of the singles off this album. Um, but this is kind of like, you know, just one of those videos where you're like, it's just the band performing in a kind of yeah. smoky room and it's, there's not really much to it. Yeah, it seems like it was kind of left off from 1999. Yeah, it's just it's just like they did a few kind of performances and they just kind of at the end and and that's kind of it's I mean you know that's kind of like the last involvement of Des Dickerson with Prince so it's worth noting for that. Uh, Also worth noting, Prince basically didn't perform this song live very much. He did it on the 1999 tour, obviously due to the fact that you know uh, with each of his new tours he mostly performed the album um, and then kind of had like a greatest hits thing going on. 
Um, yeah. And then he performed it on the Purple Rain tour. After that, he he kind of he performed it once or twice live. After that, but he never really stayed on the on the set lists. Um, and I could see why because it's you know it's a long song. It's kind of very repetitive in terms of once you've got the drum beat going and you've got the kind of you know the synth refrain over and over again. Yeah. To do that for seven minutes live is not really super interesting. Um, and also, I feel like Prince, even though he, you know, he kind of courted controversy, to coin a phrase, um, he he kind of very quickly stopped. I mean, it's worth noting one of the B-sides for Purple Rain is called God. So he yeah. became very kind of overtly spiritual and he almost immediately dropped any songs that had any kind of controversial nature to them. And I'm guessing that, you know, he didn't really want to be singing I Sincerely Want to Fuck the Taste Out Your Mouth live, like, you know, for years to come. So uh, yeah. it kind of feels I, like... I can see that. Yeah, it kind of feels like, you know, he. this is a really great song, you know, um, one of my favourites off this album. And I, I think he kind of realised, you know, there's no real point him singing it live after a point. Also, it's worth noting that Tina Turner did a cover of the song... Um, and I feel like after Tina Turner, you know, has covered your song and she's performing it regularly on her tour, then maybe you don't want to be performing, you know, that song. And admittedly, her version is about half the length and yeah. she, she does not get anywhere close to, <laughs> to saying. I'll, I'll be honest. I think the, the lyrics for her start with, excuse me, but I need a love like yours. And that yes. was kind of like, that kind of. I mean that was a little that was a little too much censorship for me, yeah. As opposed to a mouth like yours, it's like this is a little too lightweight. I, I you know, it's I get why she was doing it, but at the same time, it was like oh, you know. Also, they they don't say ooey sha sha cuckoo yeah correctly. I think they confuse cuckoo and sha. Yeah, they reverse it. That's a funny thing. Yeah, and she yeah. of course just everybody sing together, not all the hippies sing together. Yeah. Um, although she does still say let's ball, which, which I think is kind of coming from Tina Turner, who you know at this point, uh, this is kind of like her comeback after kind of years in the wilderness. It's just interesting to hear, hear her kind of censoring the song a little bit, but then still saying, "Come on, baby, let's ball." Um, you know, this like. Um, I think at the time, kind of late forties, she's there singing this. Yeah, um, and you're like, I don't know. It, to me, it's just kind of like a, a bit of a. She, also, she says, you know, I need your tender skin. Um, and she, she she changes quite a few few lyrics, and of course, she she doesn't get anywhere near the you know uh, fucking anyone's taste out of anyone's mouth. Um, no, the song which is a finishes shame. way before that. Yeah, I know. I would have just loved to. That's one of the reasons why, like, I uh, you know I. When I first listened to it, I was like, I kind of knew about that lyric. And I was like, oh, let's hear Tina Turner say that. That'd be fun. <laughs> but she never does. We never get anywhere near that. Uh, uh, and there is there is a good kind of like live version. And I could kind of see why Prince stopped singing it live. Because when she does it live, she it does kind of have a different energy. And, you know, she's an accomplished performer. It goes without saying. And yeah. her, her live version is kind of, kind of fun. Um, you know, I'm not happy with her changing the lyrics. But at the same time... I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, I can kind of see... It's almost like she made the song her own, which is very difficult to do with Prince songs, you know, particularly songs that Prince himself has kind of released as a single. It's yeah. very hard for kind of artists to kind of make it their own, so... There are two other covers, if we want to talk about that, which I think... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. ...point out the absolute uh, difficulty. Uh, the first one, the band is uh, School of Fish, which is, I guess, is like an alternative band. I don't rem I don't know, I guess in the early 90s. And their take on it is, it, it reminds me of like when a lot of 
metal bands or like hard rock bands in the 80s would cover funk songs like when uh striper that christian metal rock band the christian metal <laughs> rock the christian rock band who uh covered uh earth wind and fire's uh shining star yeah or when joan jett covered uh, everyday people there's something that kind of saps the soul out of it and it kind of makes it <laughs> just a little limp that's how it feels with the school of uh you know school of fish song it just like it doesn't get the it, it's not fun and it's not danceable that's what I, I, I mean, I, kind of... I would I would disagree with you only because I'm like okay. a big fan of kind of like early nineties kind of like alt rock stuff, uh, sure. including a lot of grunge, and I think it's I think it's a kind of I mean obviously it sounds like the it sounds like what you would expect a song recorded in nineteen ninety one to sound like basically yeah um, you know uh, I kind of enjoy what they've done to it because they've kind of taken it this kind of like upbeat poppy kind of like come on song and they've turned it into something downbeat and miserable and i just i think it takes kind of it's kind of an interesting direction for it to go um mm. it is it is worth saying that um the lead singer of school of fish uh josh clayton felt um he actually died tragically of cancer in uh, in mm. 2000 he was like diagnosed in 1999 and he died at the age of thirty-two in in um, in two thousand. So, and it, it's funny because um, uh, the one of the guys who who was in that band, he formed a band with a, a guy called Laszlo Bain, who right. did the opening theme for Scrubs. <laughs> so that's a that's <laughs> an odd tangent to go off on, but yeah, I mean, I I kind of enjoy that sound. So you know, I didn't think it was too bad. I've said a few times I'm not a fan of people covering Prince songs. <laughs> Um, but I, I think they kind of took it in a different direction. Um, you know, uh, and they only did it as a B side as well. They didn't try releasing it as a single or anything. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I can understand what you're saying. It is kind of like a bit of a a kind of, they have kind of drained it of the fun that Prince put into the song. Um, but I feel like that's the genre. That's just, that's just 1991 for you. Yeah. I, I, I feel maybe it's a drag (laughs) yeah okay um yeah and the other cover was uh the i I think the artist's name is damato that's someone i'm I'm not too familiar with but uh watching it it was it was an interesting because it's a it's a live performance uh i think it's 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 like a live recorded so like obviously they yeah they you know they're doing they're, they're clearly like doing it live um but it's it's going through a soundboard, so obviously it's 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 being done kind of like deliberately, hasn't it? Um, yeah, that's at least my assessment of what it looks like. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of slowed down version, and there's a little bit of fun as the kind of lead singer before he starts singing. He kind of doesn't. He kind of goes up to the mic and then walks away, and then kind of comes back and starts singing. And so there's a, there's a bit of performance going on there. I, I think I saw the live performance, or yeah, that the version with the guitarist, the shirtless guitarist, and the. Uh, the uh, the uh, singer and it was like oh I I was not expecting this but uh, yeah. like he put a lot into it uh, that was, I mean of the three I think Tina Turner was one of the better ones but I think Damato I I personally think that was you know, a fun one to kind of watch and uh, School of Fish I I can see and I I like early nineties kind of alt rock too but there's just always something weird when it's covering R and B or soul or dance music that just doesn't really gel with me like each version at least does something different with the song which is yeah. something you know you have to really do with the cover and like i said yeah. tina turner um the studio version i think is is kind of okay but i think if you watch one of the live versions 
it's nice to, s- to kind of see the energy of the song and you know even if she has changed the lyrics in some odd places yeah i feel like we've said as much as we possibly can about this song um let's go to plugs do you have anything you wish to plug elliot uh you can just follow me on twitter at eh wallace and you can find us on facebook at prince track by track or you can follow us on twitter at prince podcast or you can email us i don't know why you would for at prince track by track at gmail.com thanks once more for being my guest thank you thank you and otherwise goodbye Welcome to Satisfaction. Please remain awake until the aircraft has come to a complete stop. Thank you for flying Prince International. Remember, the next time you fly... <laughs>